From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Kia ora, welcome to Warriors Anonymous for the penultimate week of the 2021 season. Interesting result on Friday night. We were tied at 16 all with two minutes to go. And um, yeah, and then some things happened after that. But that's all right. Um, my name is Jared Cronin. Uh, I'm joined by an expert panel this evening. We've got Moni de Sos. Kia ora, everyone. <laughs> so there's going to be some great sound effects tonight. I can feel it. Isaac Sos. Hey, all. These are a cherry bunch. We are so happy. And Daniel Farakura. Kia ora no. is, is this All Blacks Anonymous? I've, I've made, I think I changed teams. I changed a new podcast, the team that wins. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm back. Warriors uh, Anonymous. Yeah, <laughs> time, doesn't it? It is. Sure is. What the hell just happened there? I've got a real dodgy internet. I've got a dodgy internet <laughs> yeah. connection right here. Oh, that was quite freaky. Yeah. I'm going to switch internet as well. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, that was a good start to the show. Oh, there we go. Have <laughs> uh, I frozen again? You're good now. Yeah. All right. I'm changing our internet suppliers as well. Uh, what are we talking about? Yes, uh, unfortunately, we lost to the Raiders 28-16 on Friday. Um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this effectively season-ending game for us. I'm just going to point out a, a few small wins because that's all we've really got to cling to at the moment, fellas. We had a few good wins uh, last week. I rewind the tape. Isaac, you had a, a nice little prophecy about imploring Wade Egan to run more. <laughs> good, one. good stuff. That worked. He was listening, obviously, which is great. We also had uh, Daniel, you mentioned about the possible iffiness of Chad's shoulder. So um, that, that came right too. So, um, Monira, you mentioned about the short turnaround not affecting us. Don't think we got that one right. But but on the upside, uh, I mentioned about, you know, wanting to have the game a bit later in the weekend so it didn't ruin the rest of the weekend. And and that one came true as well. So um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty uh, fun times officially at uh, Warriors Anonymous HQ. But, boys, let's have a laugh tonight and uh, as Anonymous HQ. But... Boys, let's have a laugh tonight and uh, get stuck into everything about this game. Who wants to start? Who wants to lead us off with just some sort of uh, bolt of uh, enthusiasm? Um, well, as you said, man, like we were, we were in the game for the last two minutes. We actually had the chance to win the game. Mm. You know? Yeah. And not a 40 nil drubbing like. We've experienced, and we, to be fair, you know, the story of the season, da, 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 eight close losses, the added yeah, but we're not getting spanked. Maybe it's a good thing, but, but yeah, and just unfortunately, all those good things we've built up over the last three or four weeks just, yeah, unraveled in the second half. One of our members, Jeff Wright, actually was on our Facebook page talking about the positives of the match, which, you know, there were really quite a few. Um, Isaac, were there any sort of particular highlights from your side, man? Oh, the getting out to 16 nil was a highlight. But um, yeah, I guess the start, you just thought, here yeah. we go with Wade running and, uh, you know, just splitting them wide open. And 
No one was ready uh, for that. We were sitting there, obviously watching it live together, boys. First time, which was awesome. It was great. I liked it. But like, <laughs> who would have thought? Bang! Off the first set, third tackle, gone. Surprise, Canberra, because they probably would have watched when I'd done their homework on Wade and thought he's not gonna run. And then that's exactly what he did, and he made a good fist of it, you know. And he did it a couple of times after that, which was really good to see. So if he plays like that next year behind the forward pack that we've got for next year, then look out. You know, there's going to be lots of broken play uh, action going on. And if I was Reese Walsh, I'd be sniffing around around the ruck in behind Wade, Wade Egan to see not if just, he breaks it Not open. just Egan, though, as well. Like, who, you know, like that was a surprise. And then O'Sullivan, I thought, oh, yeah, they're going to tackle him at halfway. <laughs> and they get going and going yeah. and going. And those little legs just keep going. <laughs> yeah, those little legs. <laughs> and uh, those, yeah, the treadmill legs of... Uh, of Egan set it all up, which was beautiful. Um, Monita, how are you feeling, bro? I'm good. Bit frustrated, <laughs> but good. No, I'm good. No, I'm, no, in all honesty, like we were in the game, but you know, last five minutes, it just all went to kind of custard, if you could say. Oh, well, I just don't think we're well rehearsed at the last five minutes in terms of clutch plays. We had enough fucking opportunities this year. Yeah. We? I know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, there's proof in the pudding, isn't it? Eh? It's like, <laughs> Which I mean, you'd think that, but then we pass it off to Bunty or four in the last tackle option. <laughs> yeah, Bunty to Bailey, <laughs> clutch yeah. moment. Hey, Bunty, you can make the decision. Oh, there's still a couple of things that we need to kind of fix. And can I ask a question first? Does that now replace our worst ever set of six <laughs> compared to the one we had against the Tigers? We were like, the game is in the balance. And Mick Innes said it was the worst set of six. Oh, yeah, the worst set of six <laughs> ever. ever seen. That, that's yeah. not the worst set of six, but it's the worst fifth play, play on the yeah, last okay. ball. With the game in the balance. Yeah. yeah. yeah Bunty mm-hmm. follow ain't going to do much apart from, what the hell am I got the ball for? Again, game management. And uh, Chad Townsend, once he came game off management. with his bung shoulder again, that pretty much opened us up. Did anyone I get think. the sense of that song in your head going, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> they're like out there and they're just like deer in headlights. Eh? Like I've heard that song like, playing on repeat for the whole fucking weekend, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. So the uh, the Bunty play, uh, poor Bunty, I mean, he kind of got the ball and you oh, sort of saw him shuffle it on in a kind of, this isn't my job kind of way. You have chosen the wrong option. You've come through to the wrong um, department. So... You know, pass you on. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was um, there was some good positives in that young Reese bounced back with his uh, you know his goal kicking, which was you know back to yeah. his usual sort of form. That was it pleasing was... to see him just you know maybe address what he had done over you know the, the previous week. Isaac, um, were there any particular sort of players that you either liked or disliked in our side? Ah, uh... <laughs> come on, come be... on now. Uh, oh, I'll just keep in tune with my whole uh, tone for most of these podcasts is Cody Nicarima. I I I want him gone. I I really just want him gone. You know, he's a, he's a turnstile in, on defense. You know, as soon as he came on the field, Canberra were like, "Here we go, let's go and attack him." <laughs> you know, you could just see it straight away. They're just like, "Let's just send a massive forward pack running straight at him." And it's not the fact that he's not good on defense. It's just that there's doesn't seem to be any effort or intensity. He's just got this sort of blank look on his face. Like, I'm sorry if you're, if you're hearing this, Cody. You know, don't know what the chances are of that. But um, <laughs> oh, so we'll, just get away it, with we'll, just, we'll just send it to his Instagram. 
Yeah, I just get away with saying it. It's just like it doesn't look like he, he's he's there. You know, yeah. he's got this really cast look in his eyes. Like, am I meant to be playing today? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. So yeah, I, I, and Cody on the bench, Kane Evans on the bench, and no Jazz. You know, we talked about it pre-game. What is going on? I don't understand those selections. Do you think it could possibly be like his his? He uh, looks like he lacks a lot of confidence at the moment. Could that potentially be from his role sort of evolving and, you know, changing back and forth? And then on Friday, of course, he was he was thrown into cover for Chad, you know, uh, as he got injured. Could that be part of the issue? I'm trying yeah, to think I, of any sort of defence I can for him because yeah. he was awful. <laughs> yeah. He was awful. But he's been saying all along that he wants to play in the halves. So he starts the year in the halves and he doesn't live up to his paycheck. So... You know, Brownie does the right thing and puts him on a utility spot where he's had success in the past and arguably you can get some confidence by playing in a successful role because you've done it before. And then he still doesn't, you don't get any payoff. So where do you turn to from there? To his own defense. Well, he can't defend, but... <laughs> defense being the word. <laughs> defense being the word. But And this is the challenge in the, in the game of he just lacks the ability to play on the edge defensively. So when he's in the middle... He's surrounded by the big boys, so he's not making one-on-one tackles, right? So when you play, when he the perfect scenario is you've got two fit halves, he comes on for that 20, 30 minute blast back into the first half and then to the second half, and that's it. So, but then the question remains is that can you carry a player for that and lose the flexibility of having to put him out on the edge as well? So as you were saying, he's just become the on, on the top five tip sheet against the Warriors, if he's playing, it's like, we'll just run all our plays that way. You raise a really good point there because in terms of how we plan to use him, because I remember when we were watching it live, we were like, you know, why aren't we bringing Cody on 25 minutes into the game? We had ascendancy at that point and he could have, you know, potentially helped us um, get more points, which would have been helpful. But do you think that maybe we erred in not using him a bit earlier? Because in the second half, obviously, the plan went out the window with Chad leaving. Maybe we should have looked to to utilise him a bit earlier than we did. I think, actually, they knew Chad. And I think we all know Chad was brittle, like, ever since he fucked his shoulder in the first game for us in the first five minutes against the Dragons. He's just been rehabbing. He needs surgery. He's just been rehabbing that shoulder, right? So I think in the back of their mind, they thought he's going to have to play at some stage. So might as well just keep him off. Possibly. I don't know. And actually the point, the reason they played Chad is by this, possibly he was fitter than CHT. So yeah, it's about managing troops. So not ideal, right? But perhaps, like I, I, we were calling for that because we thought, shit, we've got the Raiders and the ropes here. We need someone in the middle now just to fucking just keep going and keep carving them up. And hence why we, you know, we were calling for him to come into the game a bit earlier than he did. But but no, perhaps they were just holding him back in case, is what happened with um, uh, Chad's shoulder being busted. That's That leads us on to a good hard or nah topic. We'll ask all three of you fellas, should we have played Chad with his bung shoulder? Hard or nah? Uh, it's a difficult one, but probably nah. And look, we've got away this season. We're playing Peter Hiku at six. Part of me thinks you just need fit players because the interchanges, you lose an interchange like that as well. It's too risky going in with people that are 50-50. I mean, I know you know around mm. players play needles and all sorts as well. You know, like no one's ever 100% fit, but uh, not when you've got issues like that in terms of, mm. you know, shoulders. Big issues. Um, Isaac Hart or Nardo? 
Uh, um, nah, I agree with Dan. It's hard enough to win a game with 13 healthy players on the field. So when you've got a liability, you know, and it's kudos for Chad for thinking you could play through the pain. You know, you've got to give him credit for that. But there are other options. I might mean, they're not going to be your first choice options like Peter Hiku or, you know, Bailey Sirenin at a pinch or yeah. you put Cody on to start or whatever. But you've got to have healthy players on the field. Otherwise, again, it's a target. You've got a target mm. on your back. And just, sorry, just to that point too, you know, if you do have that, then you can bring Reese Walsh into attacking in half, right? And then something mm. that he, we know he can do. And perhaps the only criticism with Walsh at the moment, and, this, you know, he's... He's brilliant. He's a superstar. But I think it's in some aspects of the game, he's just not seeing enough ball yeah. as well. And then by hat, by forcing him to play in that role on attack means, and look, we saw that earlier in the year, it means he gets the ball and he plays the ball and and, and he, you know, sets us up. But, you know, we, we didn't really see much mm. sort of ball play uh, from him. Because we didn't put him in any positions to really do anything. We did one, and, you know, I referred to it, I reminded <laughs> that, that spray. And I'm pretty sure that Aiken spray was the fact that Reese was wrapping around and it would have been a three-on-two, bread and butter. Mm. And I, yep. Aiken knew that. Yeah, it was it was unusual, wasn't it, to see a teammate giving his, uh, giving his boy a serve? I mean, that's our job. So, um, Monitor, <laughs> the inclusion of Chad, was it uh, you know, a good idea or not? Very hard or no? I would have said hard, just because I know... He's got big game experience. And I think I'm just thinking Brown's decision was that, you know, we still have a chance to get into the top eight. And if Chad's saying that he's all good, he can play, he's going to go, okay, then give him a go and let him play. I'll bet, <laughs> you know, it didn't work out, but he did really show his value for the, was it 45 minutes that he was on the field? He really showed that, you know, the game management that he had. And it was evident when he didn't come back on with Cody Nibiru taking over dropping the ball first catch. It was kind of night and day when he wasn't there. So I'm going to say mm. hard within this context. Good call, bro. Good call. Yeah. Good call. I, think I think it's the things we don't see, right? You know, it's the chatter, mm. it's the moving players around here and here. Mm. It's, it's where you finish the set. It's who's kicking, mm. you know, and you don't see that as in the player doing all of that himself mm. as well. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. But it is a, it was a gamble, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it was a gamble. But it gave O'Sullivan to play the game that he looked more relaxed in the first half. Like, he mm. looked like he didn't have as much weight in his shoulders. That's what makes me excited, actually, about Sean Johnson. So that combination could look quite good too next year. So I think we've got some good halves next year. Virtual? You're putting SOS over bloody CHTA, yeah? The way he played <gasps> in that half looked bloody good. <sighs> He's won us three games in a row. Yeah, no fear. How about you, G? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I think it left us exposed. And it screwed us. We looked like we had no idea after he had, he had left the field. We had no real contingency plans. If they were going to include him, they should have done some better planning around it. So I'm going to say, in, in summary, I will say, nah, I don't think they should have played him in that context. So, but that's, you know, water under the bridge, I guess, fellas. Uh, also, water <laughs> under the bridge is the first half because uh, we're going to be coming back in the second half right here on Warriors Anonymous. Peace. Fucking Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back, Warriors Anonymous. Maybe down and out, we may be struggling and wondering how we're going to make it through, but hey, we've got heart. And uh, I want to say one thing, fellas, I didn't think about this beforehand, just to just to kind of, you know, put things in perspective, which I've been wait, really wait, wait. struggling with. Sh- shout out to Scribe there. Shout out to Scribe. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for listening. I just want to say that the boys not getting a, as much credit as they should be for the sacrifices that they are still making, you know, um, being based yes, on Aussie to, to keep the competition going. 
Yeah. Um, it seemed like during 2020, all you could hear over, you know, on the Aussie media was a lot of, you know, thank you so much for your sacrifices. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and then sort of that started at the beginning of 2021 a little bit. And then since then, it's just been like, just do your job. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay, we could, uh, we could decide to not do our job and, um, you know, and leave you guys behind. So uh, I just wanted to say appreciation to the Warriors. You may put us through a lot, but, you know, you also um, you give us a lot of joy. So. That's a great point, man. I mean, yeah, we forget easily that they've sacrifice. had to sacrifice their, their well, families. I was, I was trying to figure out a way to try and pick up the mood. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. <laughs> but it is a great point, though, right? It, it is hard mentally to be yeah. away from, like, relatives and family. And, you, you know, for some people, it's quite hard to be there knowing that their loved ones aren't close to them. And, you know, when the Warriors are kind of getting battered by the media or, or by sometimes by, by people like, you know, like us and sometimes we, we, we can get quite critical. But, yeah, it must be tough for them. Mm. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. Bit of good news. It was good to see um, David Fusitoa playing for the yeah. Redcliffe Dolphins team. The reserve grade, so um, yeah, yeah good to see him back playing. And uh, I don't know how he went, but um, but just you know, just good for the to be. I think it's good to try. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, look, let's have a bit of fun with things, fellas, because you know, I think uh, I think it's good for us to be positive in this um, podcast. So let's go around the boys again. We'll start with you, Monita. Where does this game against the Raiders rank in terms of disappointing chokes that we've had this year? The the thing is that we've had so many close games, like. It probably ranked second behind the Broncos because I think the Broncos one was that, you know, we needed to win it. We should have won it. We scored more tries and we didn't win it. But this one was probably a close second. And I was hoping that, you know, we'd pull it out of the bag and win it. But, um, yeah, so. Isaac, uh, where would you put this loss, bro, in terms of, you know, other games we've had this year? Oh, there's quite a few of them, though, isn't there? There's the uh, obviously the Brisbane game. There was the uh, the Cowboys game. There was the uh, Newcastle game early on in the piece. But I think this ranks third, just because. Well, the Brisbane game's number one because we had everything on the line, and we lost it. And mm. I don't know why the Cowboys game that really riles me up the wrong way. That Valentine Holmes won that game, and he's been not that great this year, and he still beats us. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, I'd say the Canberra game was third again because of everything to play for, still a, a hope for that top eight. And then being 16 nil ahead, having you boys all watching it together uh, over Zoom and thinking this is the shit. And then someone popped the balloon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Daniel, what do you reckon, bro? Yeah, I've slightly different view because I think it was. Yeah, we just slowly gave the game away in the second half. So I didn't can't feel like we were traveling so well and then had a, like a 10-minute slump. We had a 15-minute slump and we just mm. couldn't get out. So I was kind of resigned myself to the fact that they were going to catch us anyway. And then also thinking now, and not, not slight hindsight, is that mathematically, yes, we had a chance, but as soon as the Sharks won, we didn't have a chance. So, you know, even if we won that game, we still really no chance because we're, you know, <coughs> we could only get 22. So the Broncos, the Broncos game hurts because of obviously being in there. And then I, the other two that really hurt for me, or three, was the, yeah, the Cowboys game, they're just fucking annoying. The Dragons game probably hurt Dragons me the game. most. They just hurt yep. me the most, I think. Just yep. because, you know, how well we were traveling there and control and then just... You know, it's like a bucket full of holes of water, eh? And you just can't plug it up and it just left, went through. And then that man <laughs> and that manly game, you know, like I was gonna say that in the manly early game. Early on in the piece yeah. to not get that done. 
fucking annoying. I, I think I just wiped those man. games from my memory. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Man. But the, the manly game, oh, it was just like, because it's the manly hoodoo. It's like we just can't beat manly. And if you're ever going to beat manly and they're going through the worst start they've ever had, no Tommy Turbo. Mm-hmm. It's like, like we wouldn't even get close to meeting them now, yet alone we had them. But, you know, so, so many to choose from. So <laughs> probably mid, mid-pack for me. It's been quite a time. Actually, um, your description of the uh, the Canberra game just reminded me of the first Austin Powers movie. And there was a scene where there was a guy who gets run over by a steamroller. And it takes about <laughs> 10 minutes. You know, it comes for ages. And you know it's coming. And that's kind of what the Raiders game was a bit like. It was just like a slow death and you knew it was kind of coming. And it was just coming really slowly. And it was just like, oh, here we go. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, anyways, fellas, we need to talk about drop goals because is anyone getting trained on how to do drop goals? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, he middles them. It just goes wide, you know? It's just... Um, mm. Is it more getting into position for the drop goals? So? I think yeah, it's the general organization. Around yeah. It. yeah, it's the organization. Yeah. It's when, when to do it. I'm sure they all can do good drop kicks. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I think but, Dan was saying in game that why weren't they positioning him deep? Because mm. Reese has got the distance. He just needs a clear sight at direction. But instead, they passed it one or two wide and mm. expected him to get it wide. It's like, why not put him 15 meters back, give him all the time he needs to set up and just bang it through? Mm. I think the better teams have a two option. You know, you could set Walsh up, but sometimes you just need a couple of extra seconds. So, you know, a pass pass perhaps or you know, fake Walsh and go somewhere else. But then again, you know, he's your only kicker, really. I don't think anyone else has got got the quality boot too. So, yeah, it's a hard one, eh? Like, how many games have we seen? It's the marquee player, the marquee halfback, typically, who slots the drop goals for them mm. as well. DCE's done it. Mitch Pierce has done it. Sean Johnson's done it. Anna Reynolds does it. So you need someone who's called calm and collected. Next year, we'll have, you know, Sean on one side with the right foot and then Reese on the other side with the left foot, and, and we'll have those sort of options. Um, I was re-watching that attempted drop goal a couple of times, um, just watching it over and over. And I just don't think that we um, we didn't really set him up for yeah. it properly. Mm, yeah. The mm. pass out of dummy half was rubbish. Like, it was an end-over-end ball. And I was like, well, first of all, that's crap. And then we had two blockers. We had uh, SOS and Lodge, and they ended up blocking nobody. They just they kind of picked the wrong line to where they set themselves up. So by the time Reese got the ball and then went to kick it, he was pushing the angle wide anyway mm. because mm. otherwise he would have kicked it straight into Hodgson. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, I don't know, I, I just think that for those important situations that we've seen a lot of times this year, I kind of expected something, you know, some sort of improvement in our process, which, you know, unfortunately we didn't, um, didn't really see. But, um, but, fellas, we're out of the running for the top eight. Hate to break it to you. But... Looking at silver linings here, is this a good top eight to miss? Because frankly, there's only about maybe two or three teams that are going to win this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a silver lining. Yeah, even if we made the top eight, would we back our chances against the, the quality teams in that eight? I mean, this is a pretty strong top four this year. That's a fucking any of them are scary on their day. So yeah, maybe a good year to tip out the top eight and then just sort of regather for next year. I'm just thinking about the season in its you know, entirety. Bigger picture sort of um, thinking. We had Nathan Brown come in as coach. And, and generally speaking, 
you know, you got the sort of blueprint for a rebuild, I suppose, where you, you give a coach three years. First year, um, they kind of inherit a lot of the previous sort of parts that were in the club beforehand. And, you know, by the second year, you start getting a few players of your own. By the third year, you're wanting to start to see, you know, the fruits of that. But Daniel, do you think that we may be slightly ahead of that sort of schedule just because we had a whole lot of churn, like our roster at the moment is vastly different to what we had at the start of the season. So could that potentially put us ahead, you know, in terms of our timeline heading into next year? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Being able to turn the roster over throughout the season as quickly as they've done. I think on the balance, you've had to say we've had some quality buys. You know, there's some question marks on on a couple and we can probably talk through that as well. Not maybe from the performance, but just maybe like Lodge, for example, he's got another charge. So he's only going to play half the games that are available. And I think that's just going to be him. So I think you're right there, but that then creates no excuses really for next year. I think if you look at their squad and, and even listening to some of the uh, pundits across the ditch around how the squads are set up for next year, they do think the Warriors have a, a decent squad coming into 2022. We're in a good space, but you know there's work to be done. Mm, plenty of work indeed. Um, the Warriors weren't the only ones to suffer a um, you know a playoff ending sort of uh, result on Friday night because the South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, despite winning fifty four to twelve over the Roosters, they're going to be without Big Latrell. Now everyone's everyone here has seen the tackle. Yeah, I take oh. it off. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, now we've spoken a little bit about it, and Isaac, I think you mentioned about back when we played against the Melbourne Storm and Josh Curran got Sinbin for a head high tackle. Now, Latrell does that on Friday, does, does you know, a hit high, a big hit, and he gets the same punishment, 10 in the bin. What, is your, what are your opinions on that, bro? <laughs> I got a lot of opinions. <laughs> I, I think, you would. Yeah, probably the, 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 the biggest one is just the lack of consistency, not just for the Warriors, but across the board from the governing body of refereeing, basically. You know, they change it. On a period of every eight weeks or so, the rules sort of change. But there's a massive swing one way and there's a massive swing another. And it just takes out the ability for people to use their common sense. Like people are putting a lot of blame on Henry Perinara for not pulling it up or whatever. But I can only imagine what sort of position he's in when his bosses are probably telling him, all right, here's your agenda for the week. And he sees that and he's just like, oh, this is probably going against the rules. I better just play it safe and not call anything. Because that's what refs do. If they don't have any confidence, just like a player, if they don't have any confidence to make a call, they just don't call anything and they just wait for the TV replay to come in. So something's got to give there. They've got to tidy up the way they enforce these rules or clarify them for all the refs so they're all on the same page. Mm. Yeah, yeah, certainty is is key. Eh? Um, and there's just there's none of it. The year started off and you know there was a bit of chat around player welfare uh, then we get to the magic magic round, and um, they decide to just you know send everything off. Uh, and then for the next couple of weeks, there was a massive sort of crackdown. And then since then, again, it's you know kind of out the window. And then so now we get to this point where Latrell bloody just lays out Joey Manu, and you know the ref doesn't really know exactly what he should be doing because he's just been the goalposts have just moved around for him so much. I think to the um, to the ref's uh, case, I don't he didn't see it. I don't think he saw it and the game played on and moved on. So that's okay. He can't, he doesn't have to see everything, you know, like angles, people cutting mm-hmm. across, play on as well. And the game is still going, but mm-hmm. it's uh, the, the biggest issue, right, is that how 
Pedernada didn't see that as a red or as mm. a sin bin. Ah, sorry, sent off. Like that's probably the biggest issue is they couldn't adjudicate that being sent off. And part of me, you know, there's a part of me thinks that there's this kind of protected player status as a it's a marquee player of the game as well. And if there's, you know, like there's been other players who, you know, have had head eye shots and been sent this season as well. There's the variability of when they're doing crackdowns and no crackdowns and all that, which you know grinds our goat all the time because what was a penalty one week is grinds our goat. <laughs> grinds goats, mate. That's like get on my goat and grind my gears. Kind of like go out and spread your legs. <laughs> Stay safe out there, people. <laughs> to, to, to Dan's point, though, if that was Josh Curran who hit gone. Joey Manu like that, he couldn't be gone fast enough. No. My God. That touch judge would be running onto the field basically to stop the game mm. and being like, that's it. He's done. Matt, He's off. Matt Lodge would be um, suspended for a year. Crazy uh, eyes. But yeah, it's that whole um, superstar status gets you out of things. It's like it's the whole not, Cameron. Uh, yeah. It's he not ideal for the game. To, you just have to listen to Gus Gould. Oh, 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 oh. Give him yeah. a chance. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you Get can't give Joey Manu a chance. He's done. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the, the, the whole up. judiciary thing has served its purpose. You know, that's six to nine weeks is about fear for that type of tackle, right? Because it's yeah. I wanted him to fight it, so get the nine. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But I think oh, we brought this point. Doing that. Yeah. I think we might have brought up this point the other week as well, is that if there was a Warriors and um, someone had done that to the Warriors team, let's just say he knocks Peter Hiku's head off or whatever, sure he gets ten, but we lose Hiku for the game. Like where why don't we get that advantage in game? Yeah. You know? That's the biggest that's the issue that the, the Roosters arguably, you know, you could have said they had, but I think the game yeah. Well, the game wasn't gone, it was still early days, but mm. You know, you're right. You know, that could have changed. And that's the big concern going to the finals is that a call like that gets made incorrectly. And, you know, the team that has been hurt by that in terms of a player goes and the other player only getting 10 minutes or not not, not correctly sorted out in the game is that they, they don't get the benefit. And it's the team the following week that gets the benefit. Like, you know, the Dragons, we... Dragons, obviously, they played us and then they had a party. And then the benefit for the teams that played the Dragons ever since, they pick up the check there, you know. Mm. Yeah. Have a party. <laughs> have a party. Yeah. Party at full that's, um, that, um, <laughs> that, that Joseph Manu hit, um, it was almost like, like a cartoon. You know, when someone gets a bump on the head and it just like just grows. <laughs> It just happened like instantaneously. Did like, you see oh, how it happened though? They they yeah. got him. Yeah. So they got, no. In terms of how that his eye puffed up so rapidly. How how it happened? Yeah. How that how his eye actually puffed up. So they got him to, and I think they do that. They if you they think you got a fracture, they get you to do the whole block your nose and and yep. you know, compress your breathing, and then just went. Oh. <laughs> he's holding. He's holding oh. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> if he held it longer, his head just would have gone <laughs> <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> oh boy, fellas, um, we've got uh, we've got three minutes, so um, let's do a quick look ahead at the Warriors game against the Titans. We are playing on I don't know, I think we're playing on Sunday or some shit. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> 4 p.m. Uh, New Zealand time, 4 p.m. Uh, Sunday afternoon over at Seabus uh, Stadium on the Gold Coast. Moneta, what do we need to do? Last game, the last ride. Let's just go out and have some fun, surely. What do you think? Yeah, just have some fun. Go hard. Just, I think that's it. Just, you've got nothing to lose. Just go have some fun, boys, and see what happens. And go the Warriors for next year. I know I moan and groan, but I'll still support them till I die. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Take it easy now. <laughs> Mentioning the competitors on our, on our um, podcast. Anyways, uh, Daniel, um, yeah, what are you expecting to see, bro? Uh, to be honest, I would expect to see uh, some of the kids, you know, or, you know, just some of the guys that haven't had a lot of footy that are fit as well get out there. I don't mind if they were to rest a couple of guys that, you know, played big minutes all season or or carrying niggles. The last thing you want is someone to to break a leg or do something because mm. they're just, you know, full of fatigue as well. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, just let it go. And look, the tight ends are like us. We don't like to tackle. They don't like to tackle. So it's gonna. It could be. It could be like ninety versus eighty. The score, you know. Yeah. So just throw the ball around. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a bloody shootout. Isaac, do you think? Um, yeah, do you think we're gonna beat the Titans in the last game? I think we're gonna beat the Titans. What I'd like to see is guys like um, O'Sullivan and Nikarima playing like their next contract depends on it. I know Cody's Ooh. already signed for next year, Ooh. but you know Cody better haul ass and actually live up to his paycheck. You know, I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's and, true. And if O'Sullivan is, I don't know if he's got a contract for next year, but here's a perfect opportunity for him to play himself into a backup half position for the Warriors. Because I'd like to see him at the Warriors. He'd make a great sort of backup half and he would learn a lot from Sean Johnson, but he's got to earn that contract. So I want to see him go all guns blazing. That's a, that's a great motivational speech. I'm feeling a little bit inspired by that as well, bro. Um, we're going to be, well, we've got a minute left, so I'm going to have to do the farewells for all of us on behalf of Daniel Farakura, Isaac Soss, and Moneta Soss. My name is Jerry Cronin. This has been Warriors Anonymous. we got one week left. Come on, the Warriors! Come on, the Warriors! <laughs> oh, for pride. Come on. Let's finish strong. I like the podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Oh.